Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. So good to be with you again today. Guess what I figured out? If I record without my headphones, it actually sounds way better. So wish I would have figured that out like a few weeks ago. Um, I am recording this podcast at my in-laws house. We're getting ready to move to Costa Rica literally in just a couple of weeks. And so in the interim, now that my office has kind of been taken down before I actually fly out to Costa Rica, I am using my phone to record. And it's so fun because it actually sounds amazing. Like the voice memos app is really cool. So today I have kind of a fun one for you. I have a really um, interesting episode for those of you who are kind of new to this idea of ready for a big word. <laughs> it's called psychoneuroimmunology. So it's a branch of medicine that is kind of a more holistic uh, in in its approach in that we kind of, in psychoneuroimmunology, we're studying the, the sort of the connection between how you think and how you feel, your, your habits and the stored emotions and kind of patterns in your, in your body emotionally and how those impact your immune system and any disease, dysfunction and disorder in your body. So while there are, um, many books on this, I have a favorite book that I'm going to link in the show notes. I highly recommend it. If this podcast is interesting to you, if you want to look up your specific stuff, I would highly recommend this book. I think it was like maybe 40 bucks. Um, it's a 500 page huge book and even, um, the index is amazing where it has every single dysfunction and cancer and, um, syndrome and, random thing that can happen in your body or sickness that you can contract and it links it back to um negative beliefs and um emotions which are you know just basically energetic storage in your body um and so you can go through this and you can actually um kind of look at anything anything from a spinal fusion to scurvy, to seasickness, to pregnancy complications, which we're going to be talking about a lot of maybe more pregnancy and postpartum related things. Anything from sweaty hands and hand cramps to glandular problems to um, having feet problems, anything to do with feet, um, styes in your eye, you know, calluses, cancer. I'm just flipping through it. Belching and burping actually can be what these are. Any of these things, they are your subconscious trying to get your conscious mind's attention to draw awareness to the root issue. So all of these symptoms, even anxiety and depression, all these symptoms are are symptoms, right? They are signals. We could just change that word to signals. They are signals from the subconscious mind to the subconscious, or sorry, to the conscious mind, trying to get your conscious attention to focus on that part of your healing and to get to the root of it. So really symptoms, dysfunction, and disease are actually huge gifts because they are warning signs way before we ever die and actually get to the point of death. They are warning signs. They are calling loudly for our attention. And and this book really helps you to learn how to listen, both in the questions that it asks, and I'm going to give you some examples of those, 
um, for each of the described dysfunctions, diseases, symptoms, etc. But also in the very beginning of the book, um, the note to the readers, the introduction, how to use these healing questions, um, how to connect with your subconscious. If you feel big, if you hear big clunks, by the way, that's this huge book in my hands. <laughs> I have it in my hands. And so anyway, without further ado, it's called the healing questions guide. Okay. The healing questions guide. And the subtitle is relevant questions to ask the mind to activate healing in the body. And it's by Wendy Jensen. So that link will be in the show notes. Now, just a little bit before I dive into a few examples so that, um, that are common to postpartum women and pregnant women, a little bit about um, this in general is just that your body stores emotion. Okay. So we have a physical body and we have an energetic body um, that's kind of all within our physical body. And frankly, you could even argue they are all one because we have seven chakras that connect the two bodies. Now, whether or not you're comfortable with this knowledge, that's, it's okay. It's okay if this isn't your thing or you're not used to it. I would go ahead and just say, Hey, stick around and listen to some of these because they might actually, uh, catch you off guard in the best way. You might be like, Oh my gosh, that's me. I want to give you a little background into how I even got into this branch of kind of medicine and why I bring it into my practice. I remember I developed a cyst, but but I didn't know that at the time. Okay. So I was postpartum with my second. I was experiencing high levels of anxiety. I was having panic attacks for the first time in my adult life and in frankly, my life period. And I felt super embarrassed and ashamed about them. I had no, I had no awareness as to why these things were happening. People in my immediate circle just didn't really understand. And I didn't either. And we were all just like super confused and worried about me. So I had anxiety and panic attacks postpartum with my second. And then I also had depressiveness kind of bubbling up too. And not kind of, it was a lot of depressiveness. And I, I didn't, I never planned suicidal attempts or anything, but I remember thinking, would that be the next logical step is, is not living because I can't live like, like this. I'm so clueless about why I feel like this. I don't feel like myself. I am just going through the motions in my motherhood. I can barely keep it together in my marriage. So yeah, I mean, would that be the next step? Right? So that's, that's where I was. And a friend who was a yoga instructor and kind of a healer just by nature, she recommended this book, which is similar to the ones that I, one that I'm going to be reading from today, but it's different. It's called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die by Carol Truman. Carol with a K. So you can look that one up too. But anyway, in that, it's more of, a, it's not as an extensive of an index as this 500 page healing guide, but that was a start. And she gave me that book and I had had this incredible pain that had started to develop in my lower, I think it was like my lower right back. And I, again, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a cyst that had burst and then it got infected. So after going through all of that, after going to the ER and getting um, an ultrasound and them telling me, okay, a cyst has just burst. We can't tell exactly where it is because it's burst now. So it's kind of everywhere, but we are going to get you some antibiotics because you have a fever and you're, you're, you're having some infection. So once I finally, a couple days later felt a little better because I felt really terrible. Once it burst, I had the worst fever. I remember going to the pharmacy and leaning over the counter and I probably looked like I was dying, but you know, you got to go get the medicine. And my husband at the time was, um, in his last year of his engineering degree and he was having these senior projects and he was having to be at campus like 12 to 14 hours a day. So I had to, I, um, luckily like my 
kind of assigned ministering sister at church, like took my kids for me so I could go get this appointment and this medication. But anyway, after all that had kind of died down, I was feeling a little better. I remember just casually looking through this index at the back of the feelings buried alive, never die book, which is again, like the one I'm going to be reading to you. It's just a little different in the layout, but it's similar where it links your thought and feeling patterns and negative beliefs with these um, physical symptoms that you can have. And I looked up assist. I looked up assist. Okay. And it talked about feeling alone and feeling bad for yourself, like self-pity. And I hate to admit it, right? Cause that's just where I was, but it was so, it just caught me off guard. So that could happen because that was exactly me. You guys, I was feeling bad for myself because I felt like more people should be helping me more. I was feeling lonely and totally in self-pity. And that under those circumstances, when you're feeling that a lot on repeat and it's like the main vibe going through your body, because emotions are vibrations and they can create physical symptoms. Uh, um, Well, I don't know if they create them or if the subconscious just creates them in order to get your attention focused on the, the, um, the feelings that you're not maybe taking notice of or really doing something about either way. It was a jolt. I was like, wow, this is a, and it really opened my mind to this whole world. And then after that, I had time and time again, I remember I got bronchitis and, um, it was right around the time that we were scheduling a baby blessing for my family. And there were a few people, a couple people in my family who were really influential women specifically. They were just kind of like, Hey, these are the dates that work for us better. And I didn't speak up for myself and I didn't advocate say and say, you know, that's a little too soon after the baby's born that I want to have you all come into town for a baby blessing. That's going to be a lot for me. I didn't speak up and say that. I just went with what they wanted and I ended up developing bronchitis. And so when, or no, it was laryngitis, my bad laryngitis. And so when everybody was in town, I literally was writing notes to talk to people. I couldn't speak. And when I went in hindsight and I looked in my book again, when you get laryngitis, it's a lot about what are you not saying that you want to say? And so your body really does call your attention to these emotional or energetic kind of wounds and imbalances and patterns and tendencies that need to be regulated. And when you regulate those, you regulate the physical stuff. So fascinating. So without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without further ado, um, take this for what it's worth. Again, if you feel really uncomfortable, if you feel very defensive, if you just feel like you don't like this, feel free to turn this episode off or to just take it as a, hmm, maybe, right? That's where a lot of people sit with this. It's just like, hmm, maybe. But I've just noticed that if I'm if I'm humble, right? If I don't let my ego get in the way, because the ego is the opposite of the heart. Okay. The heart will, and the subconscious mind will connect with your body and manage healing. The ego will take you away from healing. There's judgment. There's wanting to just do what's familiar and what you've always done. And the ego would like to overlook a lot of these, um, energetic imbalances and emotional issues that are the cause of the medical system or, or the cause of the medical symptoms that we have. And I would say that speaking of the medical system, 
I do think that um, it's very much run by the ego. And while there's really good people in there with good hearts, there's a lot of oversight in this area. There's a lot, at least in Western medicine, we're really good at innovating. We're really good at solving problems. We're not good at getting to the root of problems. Um, Eastern medicine's better at that. And so this book is a little bit of both. So I'm excited to share this with you. All right, let's look first at postpartum depression because this is actually in the book. And you guys, I've had this book for a while and I didn't know this was in the book. And I'm going to just tell you, give you a heads up when it comes to a lot of the issues that come up with childbirth, trauma and postpartum, you know, when you're in the, um, I don't even know what it's called. Cause I haven't given birth in a hospital for a while, but triage is no, I don't remember went right after you have your baby. Um, and they put you in that room for a couple days before you go home. It's like the postpartum room. <laughs> um, I just remember, I just want to tell you that a lot of the symptoms and issues that come up there have to do with your relationship with your mom and the maternal line in your family and how that's going. And if it's not balanced, if it's not going well, if there's not a good relationship there or maybe an artificial relationship, a lot of us are in denial of the fact that there isn't a good relationship and we just sort of are like faking it, you know, to get through with, with our moms. And so if there's any of that going on, postpartum depression can develop. So let's look at that one. So the way that this book is laid out is it asks you questions to direct you to the root source of the imbalance that's creating the symptom. So in this case, it's depression or depressiveness. And then it also, I'm going to read also the affirmations that it offers to you. And by the way, if these affirmations sit with you, great, take them. And if they don't, you can always make your own version. That's just the direction you want to go. Okay, here we go. So postpartum depression, what will it take to release any subconscious programming regarding my own maternal deprivation. And I'm going to answer that and just say honesty, be willing to look at what's not working with your mom and go there because it can be better on the other side. But what will it take to release any subconscious programming? That answer might be different for you though, regarding my own maternal deprivation. Okay. What will it take to give myself what I need to feel cared for and nurtured after the trauma of childbirth? I'm just going to grab a sip of water. And then also It says, what nutrients do my body need? Does my body need to repair the physical effects of bearing children, especially for optimal brain function? Okay. So those are the questions to kind of get to the root of postpartum depression. Those are some good ones. I probably could come up with some other ones as the postpartum coach. Um, but those are some really good ones that again, get to the root. And so I have a lot of other ones that kind of help us get out of the cycles that keep us stuck in depression. But anyway, the, um, affirmations are, I am capable of parenting and nurturing myself. I allow myself to be nurtured and cared for by others. I support and care for my little one or little ones. And I support and care for me. Okay. Now, if I read those and you don't believe them, that's where your work is. That's where you can work to be at. And you can definitely join my membership and take my postpartum anxiety course to get help with that as well. That's lizzielangston.com forward slash course. It's always there for you whenever you're ready. Okay. The next one I thought would be interesting to go through is post childbirth complications. So like I actually had a hemorrhage in my postpartum room at the hospital back when I did hospital births. And I, um, I, it was really tricky. I almost died. I mean, I bled a lot. So that would be considered a post-childbirth complication, but 
insert yours here. The questions are, what will it take to believe that I have what it takes to be an effective and capable parent? And also, what will it take to forgive and release the neglect my soul felt after entering my mortal condition? So that's where you get into less of the conscious mind. Excuse me. When there's stuff that was like related back to when you were little and even a baby, that's where energetic work can tap into your subconscious that knows all of that and your body where maybe your conscious mind doesn't remember and couldn't tell you, you know, what you emotionally felt being born into this world during your childbirth process. Okay. So Um, the, uh, hopefully this is all making sense. I know it can be a little bit, a big bite to chew on you guys. If this is, if you're new to this, just take it and marinate on it. Give yourself a couple weeks to just play with this idea. And maybe, you know, if your mom has a certain disease or, or, um, if you have a thyroid condition or, you know, there's just, or maybe you have like this issue with your foot, get this book and look it up and give yourself a chance to really play with this. And maybe you might find a pathway towards healing through this that's available to you, um, through this less Western way. Okay. Um, anyway, with post-child birth complications, one of the affirmations or the affirmations say, I am a capable and loving parent. I accept my ability to nurture and provide for this little one. Let's do pregnancy mask. I thought this was interesting. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast when they're still pregnant and I've seen a lot of women have pregnancy mask. So the um, question that goes with it relating to kind of the emotional patterns behind it is what guilt am I attempting to pass off onto others? What will it take to address the guilt? And then the second question, what am I resenting about this pregnancy? What will it take to release it? And then the affirmation, I am a beautiful and capable mother. Let's do low milk supply. I know that's something that I really, really struggled with here and there with my kids. I've had three kids in four years. My oldest is seven and a half. So low milk production. The first question, there's two. So the first one says, what will it take to convince myself that I have what it takes to be the mother of this child? And then the second one is, what about being a mother am I resisting? Isn't that interesting? And then the affirmation is, I am a nurturing mother. I allow confidence and compassion to flow through me, both for me and my baby. God trusts me and I trust myself to give this child what it needs. I can just say, I know when I first had babies, I didn't trust myself to give the child what it needed as far as like emotionally. Um, I just didn't feel like I had it. I felt like I'd kind of been rocked as I was growing up. I just didn't feel like I could give what I needed to give. And I didn't feel like a nurturing mother. I mean, in some ways I did, and I was totally ready to. And in other ways, there was a big question mark. There were some ways that I felt kind of handicapped. So I had that low milk production. And I'm really curious to see with my next child, whenever that may be, um, how that's changed now that I have so much more confidence and capability in my motherhood. Cause I've literally paid thousands of dollars and used tons of hours of my life and my mothering and my job and everything to really work on my motherhood. So that'll be interesting. I also had a low platelet count in the hospital. And I remember I was actually trying to not 
low blood platelet count for those who don't know. They almost couldn't give me the epidural and I had not prepared for natural birth. And I, and the low platelet one just is right here below low milk. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that one too. But I remember at the time I was, I was like so concerned about the nurse and she seemed kind of new and kind of nervous and she was trying to scare me a lot. And so I just was trying to be really calm for her like not cool. I'm there for my first child's delivery. And I was like taking care of other people. It was not okay. Uh, I was totally neglecting myself and I paid the price for that later. But what the um, anesthesiologist said was you have a low platelet count. We might not be able to give you this epidural. Eventually I was able to get it, but it was, it was risky and it was lower than they would have liked. So the low platelet count is what will it take to release the unhealthy idea that I need to take care of everyone and everything? Also, what needs do I have that I need to attend to, right? So fascinating how that happened. All right, let's go to um, breasts. Let's talk about breasts. We already did low milk, but a lot of times, a lot of breast issues can come up postpartum. This is a hefty topic. I'm not gonna go through all of them. I think it could take a long time, but I again, I wanna invite you to get the Healing Questions Guide. It's by Wendy Jensen. I'll link it in the show notes, okay? Um, so breast problems in general, let's start there. There's some general questions. So breast problems in general, and then we have right breast questions and left breast questions. We have cancer questions for right and left breast. We have breast cyst questions, breast lumps or breast cysts, right? We have, um, breast discharge questions. We have breast inflammation questions, breast soreness questions, breast tumor questions. And I think that's it. It's crazy, right? So there's a lot. I'll just go through a few of them here. But overall general breast problems is what will it take for me to know how to freely give and receive love? What limiting or erroneous belief regarding my feminine identity is ready to be dissolved so I can nurture according to my divine feminine power? And again, notice how it says, um, what erroneous belief regarding my feminine identity is ready to be dissolved. A lot of times, and I, I, I hope this is brings hope and comfort to you. A lot of times when you're experiencing a symptom of any kind, it's actually a clue, not just that there's a negative belief, but that it's no longer serving you and you've outgrown it. And so these physical symptoms call your attention to basically coach yourself through that belief and to release it whether that's through energy work or whatever healing mediums you choose. And so isn't that neat to know that if this, if there's a symptom, it's not a death sentence per se. Okay. If there's a symptom or it's not even a, it's going to stick around forever thing. It is a, let's look in the book and figure out the root of this. And then let's address that emotionally and cognitively with our belief systems and it might not be overnight, right? This could take a couple of weeks, a couple of months. It could take you the better part of a year, depending on the issue and how deep this is ingrained into you. But there's always the ability to, to work with it and to achieve wholeness, which is ultimately what healing is, is equilibrium. It's balance in your energetic body, which then creates balance in your physical body. Okay. So what limiting or erroneous belief regarding my feminine identity is ready to be resolved. Okay. Um, overall general breast questions continued. What will it take for me to allow myself to experience sexual balance and peace? And again, when I ask these questions, it's not all of them. Okay. So I'm reading like this one has nine questions. If you had an actual breast problem, you'd want to go through these questions and maybe see which one or maybe two of the questions really resonate with you. 
And whichever ones just strike you like, oh my gosh, yes, that totally makes sense. You don't, you know, you don't want to have to force it and be like, well, I guess I could kind of see how that works. You want to really, um, you know, you want it to really stick out and be like, oh yeah, I could see that. All right. So, um, what will it take for me to forgive every sexual indiscretion and perceived sexual injustice? Where in my DNA have I stored masculine resentment and what will it take to lay down man hate? What will it take to allow myself to appropriately and powerfully express my divine femininity? What will it take to tap into the eternal wellspring of love and allow it to flow through me unrestrained? What old ways of nurturing myself and others are no longer working for me? What will it take to allow myself to appropriately and powerfully express my divine femininity? What are some new and effective ways I can nurture myself and my family? Okay, and then right breast is specifically, what will it take to cease the toxic self-talk and communicate with myself with loving kindness? Okay, I have to pause here, right? Because sometimes my right breast will ache, like randomly. And usually it has to do with me not taking care of myself, both in action, but of course our actions always start with our thoughts. I am recovering from basically a lifetime of talking meanly to myself, talking toxically to myself. And it is that toxic self-talk that breeds low self-worth and depression and anxiety. Okay. Along with past childhood traumas and all the things when the motherhood relationship and all that, but this right breast problem. Um, that's something to pay attention to, right? Second question here is what will it take for me to relax and accept the way I express love? And then left breast, what will it take for me to stop being so particular about how I receive and accept love from others? And then the affirmation, I am excited to experience sexual balance and peace. I love to express my divine femininity in a way that feels natural for me. I know how to nurture myself and enjoy nurturing others. I am ready to receive all forms of love. Okay. And then breast cancer is a lot about your maternal role. Um, convincing yourself that you're, um, a good mother. Like what do I need to forgive for convincing me? I would not be a good mother or that being a mother would be such a drudge. Um, what will it take to move beyond social and cultural expectations of women and embrace true divine femininity in a way that honors my soul and feels more balanced? Um, right breast cancer has specific question, left breast cancer. We have cysts in our breasts, lumps in our breasts. Um, and then I'm going to just read breast soreness. If you have right breast soreness, what will it take to establish healthy and realistic boundaries regarding what I can do for others? So I have more energy and resources. Also, what will it take to allow others to do things their way? Left breast soreness. What virtue is there in thinking I have to keep denying myself and always put others first? What am I hoping to get out of this belief? Really ask yourself. I think this is something we all do a lot, especially Christian women. We tend to really deny ourselves and put others first. What are you hoping to get out of this belief? Are you hoping to get a badge that says you're good at religion? You are very Christ-like because ultimately there's a big price that we pay if we are out of balance and giving to others too much. So while we want to be like Christ and we want to serve others, we cannot serve from an empty well. And the breast issues are really turning you towards your own self-care tendencies. Are you taking care of yourself? The next question with left breast, what will it take to get the nurturing I need right now? 
What value is there is in imposing my values, assumptions, and priorities onto others? What if I allowed them their own values, assumptions, and priorities? And then I'll just kind of um, wrap up with this one. I have a healthy and happy outlook on sex. I have time and energy to nurture myself and others. When I tend to my needs, I have more to give. There are many ways to get things done. You guys, there are so many I could read here. There's carpal tunnel, there's migraines. Um, there's just so many things that we could look at. And so I encourage you to check out this book. But what I want you to know is that the body does store emotion. I was just coaching today in the membership call and there was um, a member who she has, she found me about in April and she's been really working on this past stuff that's been coming up for her. Um, first it was the postpartum depression was her first healing priority. And that led her to some motherhood stuff. So like with her mom, right. And so then she dealt with that and she came clean and that felt so good. And then she rested a bit and then there was more that came up. And this is the pattern with everybody. I want you to know that when you're going through healing, there's stuff that comes up and then you deal with it and then you rest and then more stuff comes up and you deal with it and then you rest and you do great for a while and then more stuff comes up. That's the purging process. And it's like physical vomiting. If you were physically vomiting all the time, like without any breaks between vomiting, even if there was more stuff to get out of your system, your body naturally does a rhythm where you vomit and then you, you recoup and then you vomit again and you recoup. And yes, it's exhausting, but your body does tend to give you back some time to kind of rest before vomiting again, right? This is how it goes with our healing process. There are purging periods where we bring up past traumas and they really bother us and they come to the surface. Then we release them and we're done. We lay them to rest as long as you do it in the way that does lay it to rest and it is done. And so that's what my membership is designed to be here for you to do. I'm here to help you make sense of the symptoms you're experiencing. Depression and anxiety postpartum being the main ones, but also lots of other stuff that comes up postpartum and beyond. I'm also here to help you identify your healing priorities from your subconscious. What is it time to release? Your body knows and it's telling you and there's ways to understand what it's telling you. This book will really help you, but come to the membership, come get help, come be in a community of women that can help you do that. Just go to lizzielangston.com forward slash course to get the postpartum anxiety course to get started. And then you can join the membership when you're ready to get more support. I love you guys. I really, my message to the world is that bodies do store emotions. And when we just ignore that and we pretend like they don't, we end up very confused about our health problems and very clueless as to how to actually heal. And when we recognize that the body stores emotion, there's true healing available for us. That's my kind of um, anthem I'm going to put forth today and I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Hey, Lizzie here. If you love what's on the podcast, you're going to love my postpartum anxiety online course. The course is designed to help you manage your anxiety, reconnect with yourself to avoid deeper depressiveness, and then address any broader traumas from childhood and beyond. To purchase the course, go to lizzielangston.com forward slash course. That's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, Langston, L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N.com forward slash course. I cannot wait to see and hear how you transform in the online course. I'll see you inside.